G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We're going to talk big things through this next hour. Just when you were thinking, what can be special about the year ahead in 2020? Well, I can't help but be inspired by the idea that this year's Global Outreach Day is being framed as the most impacting event in history. Well, how can they make that sort of claim, you might be saying? Well, the truth is that in a digital age, getting word out and uniting movements around the world has never been easier or more effective. In fact, there are evangelism programs in the pipeline now that are so big that most of us have not even dreamed about the scale. So we're thinking big today. How big? Well, how's this? 100 million believers reaching 1 billion people with the gospel during the month of May. That's not May next year, not May 2025, not May 2030. May this year, two months away. It's called Go 2020 and is a special edition of the Global Outreach Day where thousands of churches and ministries worldwide are dedicating the whole month of May to prayer and evangelism. Stu Miller is back with us today. He's the founder of Train to Proclaim and is leading the charge on our home soil inspiring Australian Christians to join in to Global Outreach Day. Back with us after travelling just recently to India, uh, training evangelists there, Stu Miller, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Nice to be back. So how's your uh, your Hindi? Your, uh, your, <laughs> you haven't learned the language, I know, but uh, you've been in India training evangelists and you've got someone uh, with your accent training people in Indian language. You've got to work through a, a translator. That's right. Uh, someone yep. who's... Uh, who's uh, what do you call it uh, when they... An uh, interpreter. An interpreter. That's what I was going to try and say. So how did you go in India? India was great. Yeah, we've actually got a um, a part-time worker running seminars over there for us, for Train to Proclaim, and now we have a full-time worker. Uh, so we've got a full-time and a part-time worker, which is fantastic. Um, and I was over... We've only just appointed the full-time worker, and we've, I was over there training uh, in churches and, and Tamil-speaking churches. And so he was translating for me and at the same time learning how to run the seminar. So uh, we now have our G7 app in Tamil, uh, as well as Telugu, uh, Gujarati, and later this week, all going well, it'll be in Hindi. Uh, so there's four Indian languages now, which almost cover the, the whole of India. Um, now, there's something important about this, and I wanted to get to this because we keep hearing reports mm-hmm. about what's going on in India. Yes. And uh, listeners, some will be surprised when mm-hmm. they hear that the idea of uh, Hindutva, the way that the government in India is trying to stamp out any sort of foreign religion other Mm. than Hinduism. Uh, So they're promoting Hinduism as the state religion and they are suppressing, even oppressing, any other religious enterprise. And so we're talking about Christianity. And when we've seen 
those images in past years of huge crusades Mm -hmm. all over India and people flooding forward, making decisions for Christ, Mm. those may well be a thing of the past. Mm. This is where something like an app on a phone makes a difference. Give us a little insight here into what's coming in the nation of India. Mm, Absolutely. I mean, technically under the Constitution, you know, there's freedom of speech, freedom of religion in in India, but because the government is a Hindu party, Modi is encouraging the stomping out of any other religion. And so there is a... Uh, the days of crusades and, and preaching on the street could be quite over. I mean, pastors talk to me and they say, well, look, you know, we used to be able to go out on the street and preach, but now um, policemen, Hindu policemen, will, will arrest you. And even though you're innocent under the law, they will claim that you're forcing people to convert under the anti-conversion laws. And so it might might take you three months to get out of jail and prove your innocence, and they say it's just not worth it, you know, <laughs> even though technically we're innocent and technically we're allowed to do it. So there's a real uh, Hindu police are feeling really empowered by the government to sort of squash the, Christian, the spread of Christianity and evangelism. So sitting with an app with someone uh, on the street, you could be sharing the gospel with them, and, and the policeman would think you're showing some photos or a funny thing on Facebook or an app or a game or something. could be anything. We're always showing things on our phones, yeah. you know. So it's so discreet. So it's a perfect uh, perfect way to be able to communicate the gospel. And it's not just Indian language mm-hmm. that your app is going to be in, and it's going to take off in a huge way because yes. you've introduced it to Indians. You've got mm. staff on the ground, mm-hmm. and they're promoting how this easy sure. way of evangelism can happen. Mm. Uh, also in Chinese language, and yes. as we talk about what happens when there's a little bit of oppression, yes. uh, thinking back to uh, 30 years ago when yes. uh, the Tiananmen Square massacre happened in China and mm. uh, people on this program, Bob Fu in fact, mm-hmm. reflecting on the idea that that was a trigger in China mm. for huge mm. revival yes. that grew from only small numbers of Chinese Christians 30 years ago mm. to today numbering over a 100 million Christians mm. in China. And Amazing. you've got your app now ready to go in China because China has also uh, yes. brought down the screws on Christianity and yes. the app's going to be important. Yeah, I'd say by next week that it'll be in Chinese, uh, which is going to be open up a whole part of the world. Uh, now, the, the listeners that might be thinking, oh, well, that's Chinese, that's India, you know, I don't know these languages, it doesn't mean anything to me. But the app, the G7 app is not just uh, like most uh, linguistic apps that change the whole app into another language. It actually separates the viewer and the presenter uh, into different languages. And so you can have the presenter language that you're presenting in in English. So you can still see what the menus say and everything makes sense and the presentation's still in English, but the main points come up on the screen in the other language that you choose. So this is great for for cross-cultural communication. So if you were sharing the gospel with someone, and you may know people uh, from from different lands that maybe English is not you know you know quite so easy to understand, but you could put the main points in their own language. They just connect. They see their language. Oh, I understand that. You know, it's a real point of connection and a great uh, starting place to be able to share the gospel with people. So that's great. It is absolutely wonderful, and we'll talk mm. some more about the app. But let's get into some big thinking about yes. Global Outreach Day. Now, each year mm. we have some. Uh, reference, usually some sort of a preview that I mm. like to do for Global Outreach Day so that listeners can they can make some sort of plan in their life to mm. adjust what they're doing for Global Outreach Day, which is usually around that last Saturday in May. the month of May. Mm. And so, I mean, that's already in my mind. I know mm. when Global Outreach Day is last Saturday, month of May. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, of course, uh, this year, the whole month 
is the focus. Yes. And the numbers that are anticipated are huge. Mm. Uh, when I say mobilizing a hundred million Christian believers to reach yep. a billion people with the gospel, mm. some of us are going to say, oh, yeah, those numbers sound a little impossible. <laughs> Give us some insight here into, you know, what's happened. It's eight years now. Yes. Uh, since Global Outreach Day started. The momentum is building every year. Yes, absolutely. So uh, this year has a massive big push. You know, different to other years, we've got a lot of organisations that haven't pre- previously been involved and have come on board. Um, there's been a lot of organisations that were already on board uh, that are continuing, and, and uh, collectively it's a, a massive push to get 100 million Christians involved. Um, this year TBN's involved, and so they're going to do a, a 24-hour broadcast that travels Travels around the world in time, uh, you know, looking at what's happening in the nations, um, what's going on. Uh, we've got Joyce Meyer Ministries that are on board. We've got, uh, I mean, YWAM's right on board. We've got, you know, uh, you know, all a lot of these, you know, Campus Crusade for Christ crew. Uh, all these sort of big evangelism organizations, World uh, Evangelism Alliance, you know, and they're saying let's combine our efforts and all have a massive push because sometimes as Christians we know we're supposed to be going into the world and preaching the gospel. We know that's a great commission. We've heard lots of sermons on it, but sometimes when there's a real focus and say, right, this is when we're doing it, uh, and we collectively come together as believers in unity and we pray and we go out and share the gospel. What a powerful thing that is. And so I hope I hope that there's a lot of people listening today that will say, I want to be a part of that. I want to encourage my pastor to be a part of that. When you mention some of those names, some of those ministries, mm-hmm. you know, it comes to mind when you mention Campus Crusade for Christ. Mm-hmm. Now people say, oh, I've heard of that. I think mm-hmm. they do something on university campuses. That's right. Well, I've got to tell you, that's mm-hmm. the biggest mission organization mm-hmm. in the world. It is absolutely huge. Mm -hmm. The number of people that are mobilized in Campus Crusade for Christ around the world is mind-boggling. Let me talk about some more mind-boggling figures with you, because when we talk about mobilizing those names you've mentioned, Mm -hmm. there's an awful lot of names we can't even pronounce (laughs) that are going to be mobilizing populations in South America and in Africa. When we look at numbers now, the Center for the Study of Global Christianity at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary came up with some numbers. They said, Mm -hmm. results show Africa on top. 631 million Christians in Africa. Latin America second with Mm. 601 million Christians. And, you know, we've been talking about China, 100 million there, and uh, uh, just the things that are are snowballing around the world. So when Mm. we start to talk about mobilizing 100 million Christians, it's not beyond us, is it? It certainly isn't. It's very possible. And, uh, you know... uh, as these organizations all come together and we're in unity and in prayer and going out with the gospel, um, it's a it's a massive encouragement and the excitement that building behind that is huge. So it's just fantastic. It is fantastic. And I want to invite listeners to join in our conversation today. And you might have a contribution on a whole lot of different levels. Uh, leave it to you how you might like to contribute, but we'd love to hear from you. 1-800-316-316. Is it a surprise to you? Does it sound like this is an impossible goal to reach? Or mm. do you, with perhaps the eyes of faith, say, you know what, that's possible. I wonder what little role I have to play in the big picture. There is a Facebook question you can respond to, too. And I'm asking the question today, as technology increases, does the perceived need... Now, 
little bit of emphasis on the perceived need for the gospel. Does that increase or does it decrease? And the explanation around that, if you're responding to that Facebook post, is the idea that uh, there's this thing all about secularization. People talk Mm. about the secularization of the Western world. Mm. And the secularization idea is that as knowledge and technology increases, uh, well, people will need less of God, won't they? It's like an atheistic (laughs) type thing. Oh, you'll need less of God because technology increases. Well, what we're talking about today, too, is the fact that communications and Mm. technology are going to allow the gospel to increase Mm. dynamically, as you've been hearing. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. I can't help but think when you talk about the numbers we're talking about today, gives you an impression we're on the winning side. And uh, we you know, are, Neil. <laughs> we, we are on the winning side. That doesn't mean that the job of winning the world, the Great Commission, is an easy task. But I'm encouraged and inspired that Jesus said he's going to be with us by his spirit. You know, Mm. go and lo, Uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Lo, I'm with you, even unto the end of the age. Mm. It's going to be a tough gig, but Mm. God is with us. That's right. Let's talk, Stu, for a moment here, because when we talk about those sorts of mind-boggling numbers, Mm -hmm. and we know that the church is huge, it's big around Mm. the world, Some people are having a different experience in different parts of the world than what we're having in Australia. Sometimes Mm. we feel like it's tougher here. We're talking big picture here, but how do we bring that down to our own personal experience and the experience in our own local community? Because Mm. this is is the key, isn't it? Localizing what you're seeing as a global initiative. Mm. Well, I think the, the, the fact that we're looking at a month of evangelism instead of one day this year, um, Global Outreach Month, really, rather than Global Outreach Day, is to encourage churches to make the month a focus and to do some sort of evangelism training during that month and encourage uh, people to to use what they they learn. And so um, there's a whole lot of resources that that churches and pastors and and leaders can get a hold of online. Uh, They can do that through globaloutreachday.com.au. Uh, and source uh, a number of, of video resources. Uh, the Vision Vision uh, Store has got uh, one of my resources for small groups. Um, it's got 10 five-minute videos on evangelism. That's a great starting place, place to uh, do with your small groups. Uh, on traintoproclaim.com, on uh, my website, we've got a whole lot of free evangelism resources, training and tools. Uh, in fact, we've just released a new um, one. I don't know whether I've spoken about this or not, Neil, but uh, a seven-week um, uh, seven week small group study that you can do to learn the G7, but it's also got the theology behind it. It's got a whole lot of live footage of seeing, you know, video footage of seeing uh, with real people, nothing staged, you know, genuine reactions, uh, you know, discussion questions, the whole shabam. So it's got a manual that you can download. It's all free online. Uh, you can download the videos, you can download the manual. So there's a whole lot of really good quality resources that uh, churches can get a hold of now. And things like the app, everyone's got a smartphone or most people have, so they can download the app, put it on the phone. Uh, there's an internal t- tutorial in the phone so you can learn how to do it. So if, if churches can really make a focus on May being, hey, this is our evangelism month, we're going to join with churches all around the world, we're going to be doing training, we're going to be providing some opportunities to do something practically. We're encouraging people in their day-to-day lives with their neighbours, their friends, their workmates to go out and share the gospel. 
when there's an initiative like this, mm. it's a little bit like, you know, if you're trying to start things up mm. and uh, trying to motivate people without mm. a big picture uh, yes. motivation here. It's a whole lot harder. Like, uh, you know, right. trying to, trying to herd everybody. Come on, we're going to do some evangelism this month. But when there's an initiative like Global Outreach mm. Day and this year Global Outreach Month, it'll be a whole lot easier mm. for people who are in church life. And not everyone will take on the opportunity, but some will rise and will passionately take a hold of this. And they'll have your local church vision in mind as much as they have uh, winning someone for Christ and being part of a global effort. Uh, This is the whole thing as to where you fit in. It's Mm. a little bit like, what's the context? Where am I? If I Mm. go and win someone for Christ, what will that mean in the context of the whole world? And that's an important thing to know where you fit, Stu. Absolutely. So, um, you know, if, if you're listening here today and you're thinking, well, you know, where do I fit? What can I do? Uh, there's a whole lot of uh, creative ideas that you can get um, through going to globaloutreachday.com. Um, like I said, there's a whole lot of training material out there for churches. Um, you could be the catalyst, actually, to getting something going in your church because, it's Neil, unfortunately, it's quite likely that the listeners, uh, if you're going to a church, your pastor doesn't even know about Global Outreach Day because it, although this is huge all around the world, I mean, last last year there was about 20 million Christians involved around the world, but many people in Australia and in New Zealand is the same. They've never heard of Global Outreach Day. I mean, some, some of the listeners might be going, how come I haven't heard about this before? This is huge. Well, I know for a fact that you did a national tour. Mm-hmm. Was it last year or the year before? Year I, before. Uh, yeah. year before last mm-hmm. A national tour, and uh, and I know, and I hope you don't mind me reflecting here, mm-hmm. uh, because we talked about it during and after that tour that uh, it was hard going. You that were very, yeah. you were meeting with ministers, fraternals, and uh, you were talking to churches and denominational leaders, and you were not getting a wonderful mm. welcome. Hey, this is a great initiative. You actually had to, you know, you had to, you know, mm. work very hard. That's yeah. being nice here. Absolutely, and I think um, because. Uh, in Western churches, we've got so many programs and events and we're very busy in our church life and pastors are juggling 20 balls and sort of, oh, another thing. Stuart, I don't want to have another program. I don't want to have a, you know, I've got enough as it is. So it's hard to sort of uh, say, hey, look, this is something that's really important that we can we can utilize the excitement of this event to to do what we've been encouraging our people to do anyway and link in in unity with brothers and sisters all around the world uh, in in this event. So it doesn't have to be a burden on churches. It should be something that we've got a passion for anyway, something that we're already encouraging people to do, but we can actually utilize the day uh, to benefit what we're already doing. Okay, there is a nice creative idea on the uh, website Mm -hmm. for Global Outreach Day. I'll just draw attention to this one because uh, if you're wondering what can you do in your local church, Mm -hmm. in your local community, because obviously you're talking getting outside the walls of your church into the community, how's this one called Freedom Flash Mobs? That's one. All right, uh, (laughs) give us a little idea here. I mean, uh, you know, you can get a little bit creative, get the people who are passionate about reaching out to your community. Uh, What would you do, Stu, if you were organizing a freedom flash mob what would they be doing well the, the idea of the freedom flash mob is just it's like any flash mob where, you know some people may have seen them on youtube or on facebook that sort of thing but it's really to be in a public place and it's all staged and prepared and practiced before where it looks like 
no one is there out of place and one person to start singing or you have some musical instruments and uh, you might have a, a, a Bluetooth speaker for the backing and you start singing and then someone else starts singing, someone else starts singing and all of a sudden there's this chorus and people start walking together and everyone starts thinking, what the heck is going on here? And then they're thinking, and then a crowd comes in and, and watches and then the group gets together and they sing. Uh, it's you know the, the, the suggestion is to sing, sing Amazing Grace because that's a great launching piece to encourage people to think about God's saving grace for them. And then afterwards, people who have been involved can give out tracts or they can talk with people, go over and introduce themselves and say, hey, have you thought much about God's amazing grace? So there's, a, there's an idea for people, but any, any church can do it. You can just go down to your local shopping centre and do it. It's a, it. It looks like just a random thing, but of course you've planned it and uh, worked it out. Well, that's something really to uh, just uh, imagine for a moment. Imagine, sure. let your imagination run wild, is what yeah. I was talking about a little bit earlier, about what could happen in your local shopping centre, in your community. Imagine that, mm-hmm. all of the good people in your church who can sing Amazing Grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, you won't even have to coach too many to know the words. Lots That's of right. people know Amazing Grace, but get some practice in there. Yep. It's not Australia's Got Talent, so there's <laughs> no one off at the side who's going to be sort of giving you a judgment other than uh, other than uh, the fact that, uh, well, you know, either that was a good presentation or that wasn't. But the opportunity here to make the impact and yes. somebody in your church is mm. going to have a mobile phone and they'll be able to video that. That's right. And when you're showing that in mm. your church on the Sunday, mm. say you did on a Saturday, next day, you're showing that presentation in your church saying this is the way our church sure. is outreaching into our community. Mm. What an amazing opportunity that is. Yeah, and not only just for showing in church, but you can pop that on Facebook. Facebook, you can encourage everyone in the group to, to, to share it as well. And then all of a sudden it's going viral around your family, your friends, and then heaps of people are seeing it. And there's an opportunity. And you could put a, a link in every every one of the shares to a gospel presentation, like a, a video. Um, I mean, Train to Proclaim has got a great video. The G7 video is actually available on YouTube, and you can link to that. Um, and that's just one idea. But there's uh, if you were to go to um, Yes, He Is, uh, many people are familiar with that app. It's got hundreds of videos that you can do, and you can choose one that that you would you would feel comfortable sharing with your family and friends, and you can link to that video and say, if you want to know more, have a look at this video. So there's great opportunities online through Facebook, through social media, through YouTube to share things and and have it going out to a lot of people. We've got unprecedented opportunity, Neil, in, in these times. It's wonderful. You can multiply the effectiveness of that flash mob by mm. having someone video that, uploading that to YouTube, getting it onto your social media, and multiplying the effectiveness so when we talk about a hundred million reaching a billion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, imagine if your video actually has a little bit of an error or two in there and it becomes like a funny home video. I mean, those <laughs> sorts of things have the capacity to go viral. But what you're yeah. doing is you're actually, even if it, uh, even if it doesn't even go perfectly, yep. uh, you've made a presentation of the gospel. Stu Miller is the founder of Train to Proclaim, but he's the one who's leading the charge on our home soil, inspiring Australian Christians to join in Global Outreach Day. Stu, I can't help but thinking, you know, the coronavirus uh, pandemic that is being declared in so many nations around the world, it spreads like wildfire. Uh, There's a certain sense in which the gospel message has a certain infectiousness about it. And uh, people catch something of the values and the passion of sharing Mm. the gospel. It's a great illustration, isn't it? Talk about the way the gospel spreads. Mm. 
And it should should spread like a, a virus in a sense because, uh, you know, this is such an exciting thing that we have. As Christians, we hold on to the words of eternal life. I mean, if you sort of think about all around the world, the billions of dollars and, and the amount of time that's going into to medical research, into uh, to cancer and to a number of different illnesses to, to try and extend our lives, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. I mean, the amount of, of, of expense and, and effort going into doing that and we've got a message of the gospel that is offering eternal life to people <laughs> I mean uh, it's amazing I mean uh, seven months ago my mum passed away from cancer and um, we would have given anything you know to, to, for a cure for cancer but here we are as Christians we have something on offer much better than a cure for cancer we've got the, the words of eternal life people this isn't just a hundred years or a thousand or a million this is forever and uh, what an amazing thing that that should be absolutely contagious Neil interestingly too that when contagion comes like mm-hmm. the coronavirus mm. people become fearful. Fearful of what is happening in their world, fearful of what might happen to their aging parents or grandparents, Mm. fearful for those who are in their family circle who might be Mm. more vulnerable to a disease like this. And so when that fear comes, Mm. people are concerned about the eternal issues of the Mm. heart. Mm. And when we talk about the gospel, this is what we're talking about, how you deal with these issues of the heart, Mm. what it is that's eternal in the message that comes with the gospel. Mm. What are your thoughts here for uh, for things like this that people are fearful about? We could, even, we could be talking climate alarmism. That's what's making a younger generation very fearful too. But mm. when it comes to things like coronavirus, mm. uh, you know, and uh, not being uh, harsh, but this does create an opportunity to be able to share something important and special with people. Mm, absolutely. And we, we should take every opportunity we can with whatever's going on in the world. And if people are fearful, what... We you know, we could have a conversation about that, and and it could turn into a spiritual conversation. What what are you fearful of? Do you fear dear death? Sorry, uh, you know, do have you thought about what happens when you die? You know, have you got a, a faith at all? These are all great questions that you can ask. And I'll tell you what, Neil, just to you know, as, if you're wanting to know how to share the gospel in your conversations with people, just asking questions is a great way to start leading into the gospel because it opens people up to a spiritual conversation and and be genuinely interested in, in people you know if they've got a fear show show love and concern towards them hey what why what are you so fearful of what what are you what are you concerned about have you, have you thought much about death what what happens after death you know and then boom you're in away and of course uh, we're not the ones who are spreading the fear Mm. Uh, because open the newspaper That's right. and check what the virologists are saying about mm. the spread of coronavirus. They're mm. saying we're all going to get it, mm. and uh, we don't all want it. Uh, we might even, as Christian believers, be a little bit fearful of that, and uh, mm. there are a lot of uh, fears that perhaps are overbearing fears because mm. most people will survive that without any worry at all. But mm. uh, when it does go uh, viral in the way that it is and a pandemic is declared, of course, people carry the virus and we risk passing that on to the loved ones that we have. And so mm. there are natural fears that we have about those things, mm. but we have an antidote to fear mm-hmm. because the gospel message is an antidote to the fear of death. That's right. And uh, this is an important element, and the mm. power of the gospel is that it takes us beyond this life, Stu. Yeah, and those who know that they have eternal life through Jesus Christ have nothing to fear 
when death comes. In fact, it's a it's a it's a positive thing for us. We enter into eternity, and uh, that's uh, it's quite different from someone who does not know God, is uncertain about what happens after they die, and has no hope at all. And so their whole life can be turned upside down with something like this. It wouldn't be a right thing for us to say that God sends the coronavirus, mm-hmm. but. It would be right for us to say that when there is a global pandemic that puts people's lives at risk, the gospel message all of a sudden for so many people Mm. becomes so much more valuable. So the opportunity to utilize Mm. that time to be able to share the gospel with people is obviously very powerful. Mm. I've been wanting to invite listeners to join in the conversation and to respond on our Facebook post And uh, I've got to say that uh, 89% of people who've responded on our Facebook post, and the question, of course, uh, does the perceived need for the gospel increase or decrease as technology increases? And uh, 89% of people say, yes, the opportunities increase. So let's take this big picture, all these big numbers, down to our local communities. What sort of creative things could we come up with here, Stu, uh, with uh, regard to... Uh, the idea of our local church making an impact. We did mention just before the news the idea of a flash mob yeah, singing yeah. Amazing Grace at your local shopping centre. What's some other good ideas we might think of? Well, uh, I'm really keen to hear what the listeners have got to to say. You know, if, if you're listening today and your church has, has been involved, done something in the community, what's what's worked well? What can you share with listeners all around Australia and, and you know, listening around the world that, that uh, will help them, give them some ideas for their church, you know, because sometimes, you know, these thing, ideas should be going like viral too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, here's some great ideas that um, that are working well. Uh, instead of Halloween, having a, a light party. I mean, you can't do that in May this year for, for Global that's Outreach Day. Because it's not Halloween. It's, exactly. But uh, it, it, that, that's a great idea for connecting with the community, running a big event and, and putting on lots of things for the children, you know, bouncy castles and sausage sizzles and candy and all this, you know, Things that are bad for our health, but uh, are great for connecting with the community. Um, here's some good ideas for services that you can to, to get people along to your church. How about having a once in a blue moon service? Now you might be thinking, what the heck is that? Well, you, you give out invites to all your non-Christian friends and family and say, would you like to come to a once in a blue moon service? And when they say, well, what is it? You say, well, it's for people who only go to church once in a blue moon. So there's the service on Sunday. Come along. <laughs> That's it. Okay, well, uh, you know, 1-800-316-316. Is there something that is working for you in your community? Is there something that you've seen work over the years and you think you'd like to share that? 1-800-316-316. Uh, we've had a bunch of responses on our Facebook poll today. Kira says, and remember we were talking about technology and mm. uh, the idea of the perceived need for the gospel increasing or decreasing. Kira says, the fact is we need the gospel now more than ever. Jacob says, when used correctly, technology is a great tool for the gospel. We definitely need God in all ages. Uh, Let's come down down to uh, this idea of using apps again. And Mm. uh, we often talk about your G7 app. And Mm -hmm. uh, others around the world are getting on the bandwagon here Mm. and they're getting technology to be able to make it easier to share the gospel. The G7 app, it's going to be taking off in India, as we said. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. going to be in Chinese language as early Mm -hmm. as next week. Mm -hmm. You've got this global impact ready to happen. But it's Mm. something that we can all have on our mobile phone yeah. device. Yeah, if you want to get it for your phone or your tablet, then you can just go to your app store 
Uh, if you're on an Android device, it's the Play Store or Google Play Store. If you're on an uh, iPhone or an iPad, it's the App Store. And just t- search for G7, or you can type in Gospel in 7 if you want, but it's a blue icon. Uh, you'll see it and uh, download it. It's got uh, Just go to the instructions part in the menu, and it's got a 30-minute tutorial video that you can watch that, that'll teach you how to use the app. And then you really just need to practice it for around about an hour just to get a good flow going with your presentation because it's super easy to use. As long as you can read and tap on the screen, you qualify. You can do it. You don't need to be a, a you know an evangelist or someone with a gift of the gab, an extrovert. Anyone can use this um, as long as you can read and tap on the screen. So just do the tutorial and give it a go. Practice it with a few Christian friends first. Get your flow going and then give it a go with some of the people around you. You'll be amazed at how we're well it works sometimes we're a bit suspicious of new technology and apps and uh, you know we're going to look at this app and uh, Stu Miller said this but how do I trust Stu Miller uh, well uh, Stu's been a guest I think just going back almost 10 years I think mm-hmm. we've been having you in regularly talking about evangelism mm-hmm. and uh, the G7 uh, very much in line with what people would say would be a standard evangelical approach mm-hmm. to sharing the key elements of the gospel message with people bringing them to a point where they can believe in mm. the Lord Jesus Christ to make a decision to follow him. Mm. Is that generally the way you'd describe uh, you know, how people can trust uh, what they're seeing on the app? And no doubt you can take that to your pastor and get mm. your pastor to look at the app beforehand mm. uh, so that uh, you can have his imprimatur on there to mm. say this is something that's trustworthy and worthwhile using. Absolutely, and um, we've we've uh, run training events with people from over a hundred different denominations. So this is right across the board, right from from uh, cessationalist, you know, non-charismatic churches, right through to hyper-Pentecostal churches. We've done and everything in between, uh, because the the key message of Christianity, the, the gospel message, is held by all of us. And apart from the cults, obviously, it's not you know it's not going to go down well with the Jehovah's Witnesses or the Mormons. But uh, if you're a Christian church, Church. This is nothing to do with one particular denomination or one uh, theological slant. It is just the basics of the gospel message. And so you'll find that this is a really clear, um, accurate, biblical, theologically sound presentation. It hasn't been watered down, but at the same time, it's really, the thing I love about this is even though we're talking about, you know, Serious things like sin and judgment and hell and everything, you know, they're pretty harsh things to talk to people about. Because it's on an app and you're looking at, at the screen and it's the Bible speaking to us, it's not me holier than thou, you know, talking to you, judging you, eyeballing you. It removes that confrontation and makes a very gentle thing. Hey, I've done this, have you? Yeah, well, this is what the Bible says to us. So we're in the, you know, it's a very gentle, loving way of presenting. I mean, you can use the app any old time, mm. but uh, if you were combining that with the idea of the flash mob that we were talking mm-hmm. about, you've got people in your church who can yeah. sing. You're mm-hmm. at your local shopping center, someone starts singing, another person joins in, and before you know it, you've got a whole crowd singing Amazing Grace. Uh, yes. You've got people in your church who can't sing, but they love the technology, and yes. uh, they're ready to talk to people around that crowd that day, mm. taking them through a presentation of the gospel. Yeah. Uh, can be easy done when you mm. think about how the logistics might work, how it how you might go through those things. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there's some other good ideas. Uh, the idea of inviting your family to church, mm. uh, and uh, this one works particularly well uh, when you're wanting to invite grandparents. That's right. 
How do yeah. you do that, Stu? Well, th- this is a great idea. Having a family service and making up really well-produced invitations and you give it out to all your family members. And you just say, look, hey, I've, I've been told I have to invite you along to church because it's we're having family family service and so all the family's got to come. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the grandchildren give it to the, the grandparents and say, hey, um, you know, Nana, Papa, whatever you call your grand, grandparents, um, it, it's family service. You have to come along to ch- service on this date, you know, because we're having family service. And they're like, oh, what's this all about? I say, it's a service that the whole family's got to come to. And then people are like, oh, well, I'm part of the family. I, I better get along. I don't want to miss out on the family service. And it's a great way to, to come as a family and connect in and to, which, you know, with people who don't normally come to church that will come along because of the family aspect. We're taking calls. Let's take a call from John in Wangaratta. Hello, John. Welcome. Yeah, welcome, Neil. Uh, come I'd just like to pose the question as to whether um, a secular society really is frightened of death um, because a secular society is a godless society that doesn't believe in God and just believes we came in the evolution, we came from nothing and we go to nothing. And I think that's a big cause of why we see so many suicides that people think mm. that um, they're ending it all and just going to nothing. And also the... Um, the trend towards this um, assisted uh, dying laws, um, so many people just seem to think that um, you have a good death and, and that's it. And uh, I guess um, what, one of the things I would like to throw in is that um, while the coronavirus will affect so many people, we are all, all affected 100% with the the sin virus, mm. and and that's the, you know something the church needs to um, uh, tell people uh, about that, and I think that's where um, uh, John, you're uh, making some fabulous points here, and let me. Uh, there's a number of things we can pick up on here, but. Yes, this mm. sin virus. Mm. People talk about sin as a virus. Uh, easy to understand how you can think of that when it's passed down from generation to generation. Mm. Uh, we have a antidote we for this virus, <laughs> and uh, that's a wonderful illustration. What are your, th- your thoughts on that particular point? We'll come back to the secular and the fear in just a sure. few moments. Yeah, I think it's something that we could utilize as Christians with the, the coronavirus out there and, and again, uh, to create an, uh, uh, conversations, to engage in a spiritual conversation with those around us. A good question you might ask is, um, you, you've heard about the coronavirus, um, you know, spreading around the world. Are you aware of the, the virus that spread to everyone around the world? Uh, that's a good question. And people say, well, no, what's that? What is, what are you talking about? I say, well, it's, it's, it's called sin. Do you know what do you know what that is? And then people, oh well, what are you talking about? You know, and then you can engage in a conversation about how we're all infected with with this thing called sin. But there is there is a, a solution. There's an antivirus, Jesus. And we've got while we've got John on the line, uh, the idea that as the darkness gets darker, the light gets brighter. Mm. Uh, there is a sense in which there is coming a day when Christians are going to stand in stark contrast mm. uh, to others, and one of the differences will mm. be that of being not afraid. Because, as you say, John, in a secular society that takes its eyes off God, then mm. the fear of what happens everywhere is now starting to mount up. 
as Christians, we're encouraged so greatly to fear not. And mm. we can have less fear because we have faith in God, because we're confident that he's the one who holds our future in his hand. And I am just uh, can't help but reflect on a conversation just recently with Robert Wiles, Dr. Robert Wiles, uh, who trains doctors at the Australian National University. And he's written a book called Mind in the Matrix, uh, but he and his wife are both uh, doctors, mm-hmm. and uh, and they have noticed generationally now, over the many years that they've been serving in their community, the rise in anxiety. Mm. And they are able to anecdotally, in that sense, connect this mm. rise in anxiety with the lack of church, lack of Sunday school that children went through, the lack of upbringing. Mm. And so, yes, fear is on the rise. And yes, I believe we can very safely connect that to the secularizing mm. of our society. John, thank you so yeah. much for um, your call. Uh, one more. Yep. Yeah, yeah, John, I, I think um, in one sense you're right in the secularization in a naturalistic perspective. You think, well, if I die, that's it. It's all over Red Rover. There's nothing after death anyway. I've got nothing to worry about. I've got nothing to fear. But in the other sense, John, uh, if someone believes that this life is all there is, then there's you're losing everything if you die because you cease to exist. There is not there is nothing more. There's no hope for the future. So it's completely hopeless and a fearful situation that hey, if I get this thing, it's all over. Whereas in the Christian has a hope beyond that. Uh, so yeah, but thank you so much, John. I'd just like to comment quickly that um, I think people need to ask: Are they intelligent animals or created beings? Mm. And particularly if you're a created being, then you have a uh, responsibility to know who your creator is and That's right. what's all tied up with that. Mm. Thank you. Fabulous yeah. stuff. John, thank you so much for your input. And, you know, drawing things to a close, I'll just mention another uh, note here from a Facebook listener. Uh, Scooter, who says, with the introduction of the internet and the access we all have to it, preachers have capitalized on that. There are many, many preachers who have an online presence and influence now, but not all of them preach biblical truth. Mm. The true gospel of Jesus Christ must be preached now more than ever at every opportunity, lest many be deceived. So, yes, there are all sorts of things uh, that you might find that you might not have confidence in online, uh, Mm. but I guess if you find those ones that you do have confidence in, that Mm. actually becomes an opportunity too, to introduce someone to one of your favorite preachers as Mm. you see them, and you can very easily send someone a link to a YouTube clip or something Mm. like that. Mm. Opportunities abound, and they're growing, Stu. Uh, A final word or two, because Global Outreach Day is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you want to encourage people to be excited mm. to get your local church involved because this is not about building someone's church on the other side of the world. Mm. It's about building your local church in your community and seeing yes. people reached. Mm. Absolutely. And I, I'd encourage listeners to think about three things. One is um, how you know how can you personally be involved? How can you reach out to your <clears throat> excuse me, your family and your friends and your workmates? How are you going to share the gospel? If you need some training, uh, you know, get along to to uh, traintoproclaim.com. We've got resources there. Uh, get to the Vision Store and order Reaching People uh, You Don't Know DVD. It's an excellent DVD. Uh, you can get along to globaloutreachday.com, and there's some training resources on there as well. Um, so there's, there's ideas for you personally. 
As far as your church goes, though, think about uh, an idea and maybe approach your pastor or talk to him about how can we use the month of May uh, and the excitement of the Global Outreach Day in Go 2020 to encourage and mobilize and equip people within our church to be able to go out and share the gospel. So you may be the catalyst for getting something happening in the church. Imagine if you got some training happening in the church, people shared the gospel and people came to faith and their whole eternity was affected because you made the effort to be that person to uh, to you know spearhead this within your own church. How exciting is that when you've sown an idea and someone gets excited about that and mm. take that up and you see wonderful, successful, fruitful things happening. So uh, your opportunity to do that. The month of May, today is a preview, and I hope we get another chance to do yes. uh, something more about the Global Outreach Day in the very near future. We'll lock you in again, Stu, Sounds because uh, we'll want an update mm. closer to May, mm-hmm. and we'll get an update under what's happening around the world and also what's happening on our shores. Mm. Let's mention those websites, Go twenty. 2020.world go2020.world is where you can actually Mm. get some more insight into what's happening and you'll be able to run your eye down the list of all the people who are endorsing Mm. it and you'll recognize names on there Uh, the G7 app simply Mm -hmm. go to traintoproclaim.com Yep. Or there's actually a G7 uh, website you can go to. Stu, quickly, that's to G7. Uh, you can you can uh, click on on uh, resources and G7 app on there, or traintoproclaim.com forward slash G7 app. We'll get you there. And uh, or just go to your app store and type in G7 and download onto right. your phone. As easy as that. Go yeah. to your app store. Uh, but traintoproclaim.com is the Train to Proclaim website. Stu founded Train to Proclaim. Uh, he's also inspiring Aussies to join in Global Outreach Day. Stu, always great. Thanks for being with us once again today. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.